the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to another episode of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations. Can you hear me? Can you hear and see? Can you hear me? Yes. Congratulations. You did it. It only took us like five minutes. You see, just in time. Ten seconds, come on. Hey, Priscilla, listen. The next step, we're getting you on Clubhouse. Yeah, exactly. Are are you getting ready? (laughs) Of course. No, listen, let me show you something. Is this your signature? Do you see it? Oh, yes, yes. Is that actually yours? Maybe I can sell it on eBay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Why not? Priscilla, how are you today? Very well, thank you. How about really you? Really relaxed. I'm yes. a little bit under the weather. Yeah. I have an exam tomorrow, actually. Listen, let me just introduce you to okay. my team. Some of them you know already, like this crazy lady here, Christina. Hi. Christina, she used to work for Luca yes. Gambini. Do you remember? Of course, of course. <laughs> so she went from one crazy person to another. Mm. Rebecca, she is our WSET educator. She's the smart one in, in the group. Right. And then Jacopo. She's our Italian yeah. wine ambassador. Manuela, mm-hmm. she's the boss from Puglia, directly from Puglia. Hi, Franco Manuel. is our WSET educator. Hi, Franco. Lan. Hi. They're both from China. Yeah. They are actually ambassadors. They're experts in wine as well. So listen, you know, we are doing this mostly because I've started this diploma journey. Okay. WSET diploma. Do you remember? Like I was writing yes. for you and you're like, no. So yeah, I know yeah, you course. did WSET 3. Tell me I about, did. yeah, when did you do it and what was your experience? Like, why did you do it? Well, uh, I did it in November 2019 and I joined the Accademia del Vino in Milano. And I... You didn't come to me, I, but I yeah, will forgive you because you make decent wine, so I will yeah. forgive you. Okay, thank you, Stevie, but... I didn't, I mean, for me, it was good because you know that I'm based half of the week in Milano. So I just uh, could follow the courses very easily. And I did the exam uh, at the end of 2019, I think in November, because I chose to do one week course with the exam on Saturday. So I started the book. So you're like Secchione. Secchione, not really, because I, well, I became again a Secchione after so many years that I hadn't been in school because I was told when I enrolled that I had to know the book by heart even before I show up to the course. So I did that. I studied the book and then I took my one week course, which was more like a rehearsal of everything which was in the book. And also the tasting part was connected then. And, uh, and the examination was then, you know, the writing of the questions and then the essays and then the tasting part. And honestly, I wasn't that sure that... Uh, 
I was gonna pass, pass. It or, yeah pass or even I mean I was hoping to pass I didn't I know but you get you get distinction I mean that's I, so unfair yeah I got I got <laughs> you make good wine and you get good grades I mean yeah the, yeah. the world is not fair you know what I mean yeah I, I know, only I got married and I <laughs> yeah. But I didn't study like you, you know, that's No, for sure. no, I maybe studied more, but I had uh, done the previous two levels in 2000. So long Oh, you did? Up. Yes, yes. Oh. When, I was, when I was in London as a student, um, I enrolled for WATP in the London headquarters and I did the first and second level. What do you think about the way WSIT consider acidity? Oh my God, we have some real geeks on today. <laughs> okay. that's, that's crazy. So listen, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of chit chat and then we'll be tasting one wine. Okay? okay, so let's start with one question. Let's start with Xiao Wen. Hi. Hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. So yesterday I did some homework. I checked on your website about the blend. And, okay. Yeah, and you like back to the 1968, like your first one. And your blend has always been 85% Cabernet Sauvignon and 15% Cabernet Franc. So right. what's so special about this blend? Well, first I have to say that uh, both grape varieties, Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc, Mm-hmm. Uh, have uh, demonstrated that they can adapt very well to this uh, environment and this uh, microclimate here in the Bulgari area. And uh, while Cabernet Sauvignon maybe brings more of the elegance and the aromas, Cabernet Franc is there to complement with some structure and some uh, color as well. So let's say that they are complementary and uh, at the same time, uh, having two grape varieties gives the wine a little bit more complexity. Also, the fact that, that they are, as you said, 85%, 15 is not mm-hmm. uh, 100% the same every year. What is most important to remember is that uh, by law, according to the Bulgari Sassicaia DOC set of laws, mm-hmm. we have to have minimum 80% of Cabernet Sauvignon every year. Okay, thank mm-hmm. you so much. Thank uh, you. So why don't you give to Man? Hey, it's Janice Day. It's been a while since we actually last met at Vinitini. You did the cold vintage vertical tasting of Sassigaya. Yeah. So I have a question about the vintages. What are the hot vintages in the last decade? And uh, what are the challenges and what are the characters uh, so in the last decade, probably 2012 and uh, 2017, I would say, were the warmer vintages. I mean, the challenges are like everything that comes related to a, a warm vintage. We have to harvest grapes, which are in the end not so overripe, because what we try to look for in our wines is always a certain elegance and freshness, even in the more challenging uh, warmer vintages. So I think the characteristics of the Bulgari territory and our geographical position, as well as the peculiarity of the, of the vineyards that we have in Tenuta San Guido, which are placed in uh, strategic uh, points in the heights of the hills and surrounded by forests. And we are so close to the sea. Everything contributes to mitigate the effects of the warmer vintage. And then, of course, we have to do more selection at the time of the harvest. So it's a place you live actually, live and work in Bogli. Uh, yes, yes, yes. You see the mountains, you have the vineyards. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, very beautiful. Jakob has a question for you as well. Thank you. Oh. Hi. 
Hello, My question yeah. is a little different because Sassicaia is one of the most falsified wines in Italy. Yeah. So what are your policies to prevent this? Uh, well, uh, we have uh, recently uh, a big case uh, yeah, in, October. Last, in October last year. But luckily, these bottles, which were found by the Guardia di Finanza, were never released on the market uh, because, uh, of course, we collaborate uh, all along with uh, police task forces that are involved in uh, checking all these things for falsified wines, etc. Luckily, they were able to identify these bottles as, as fakes because, of course, we give them the right information, what they have to look for. And every year, Femuta San Guido, as a company, invests actually a lot of money in getting better and better with these counterfeit uh, tricks. How to prevent people from copying our bottles? But of course, this of October was not the first and will not be the last uh, episode. I mean, there will always be people trying to fake some, some wines and uh, we have to keep up with the technology. And uh, also we have um, a good... Uh, tracing connection. I mean, we have a good connection with our importers and we set up a system where we can trace our wine pretty well thanks to their collaboration. Of course, one advice is always to source the wines from uh, trusted uh, suppliers where you can have uh, yeah, certainty of the product. But I, I would like to tell you more about uh, what kind of uh, devices we have, but I can't reveal you some of them because they are classic. <laughs> But for example, if you look at the bottle, I mean, from the simple embossing with the name of the estate and the name of the wine, they're all little things that makes it more difficult for the counterfeiters to... I can understand this. Yeah. Mm. So thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, so yesterday, obviously, it was International Women's Day. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to ask what you thought... Um, Tunita Sanguido and, and brands like Sasakaya can do to kind of in, advance women in the industry, not just in positions of power, but maybe in positions of interest, you know, enologists, viticulturalists, things that are maybe not expected to, to be jobs for women. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, first of all, I would like to say that uh, more and more in our industry, I noticed larger presence of women at all levels, uh, like you said, not only of power, but also of interest. I can look at our own uh, situation here in Tenuta San Guido. In the office, for example, we are seven women and eight men. So we're basically <laughs> uh, same number. And uh, two of these women are agronomists. So they also are involved in the countryside work and so on and so forth. Regarding the works that we do in the vineyards, we have a team of about 40 women that are uh, actively working and doing the most fine works exactly on the vineyards. So the quota of women is quite important here. And I suppose that uh, big brands or uh, large estates can give a good example and inspire other estates to follow that example. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Mm. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. We're going to ask you some few more questions, but we would love to start tasting the wine. Right. 
that we have here. Ta da! <laughs> Are you familiar with this wine? It's called Sassicaia. Well, kind of, <laughs> yeah. Listen, before we go a little bit about the wine, we do a small deep dive. Can you give us kind of an overview of your other labels? I don't know yeah, if it's sure. bad to say your second or your third. It sounds so pejorative, well, but it's still no, drinkable, no, no. you know. I went through yes, it away. Yes. Right. <laughs> so apart from Sassicaia, uh, you're right, we produce two more labels. One is called uh, With Alberto, which we produce since the vintage 2000, and it's a blend of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. We don't actually refer to it as our second wine, but rather another wine produced in Teruta San Guido because we use uh, part of the grapes, which are selected from the younger vineyard of the Sassicaia DOC area, which we don't use for Sassicaia. But also it has some hectares, which we have planted on the Bolgheri DOC part of our estate. And um, on top of that, we also purchased some grapes from our relative of ours, who's a wine producer in the You're Bulgaria. all relatives down there. Yeah, it's a big family, you're right, which has uh, good aspects, but sometimes uh, it's a bit overwhelming. But it's very nice to be here and uh, you're always surrounded by some family members and we collaborate as well. So in this case, our cousin uh, sells us his grapes and we use it to make with Alberto. With Alberto was started because at the end of the 1990s, my father realized that uh, he had planted enough Cabernet Sauvignon vines in order to produce enough grapes to make more than enough Sassicaia. So in order to keep the production of Sassicaia not too high, he realized that he could select a lot and have the, some grapes of uh, Cabernet which were left over and he could make another wine, which he decided to blend with Merlot to make it different. And also because Merlot was becoming quite important in Bulgaria. So the idea behind with Alberto is to reach a wider public and a wider... Can you, can you give us some numbers so we can contextualize, like in terms of the production? Well, yeah, of course. Sassicaia nowadays is about 250,000 bottles. And uh, with Alberto is a bit less than 400,000. And Lady Fese around 230,000. Okay, very good. And, and Lady Fese, it's what we call entry-level wine, I would say, which is a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon and 30% Sangiovese. And the Sangiovese we purchase from inland Tuscany, again, from the same relative who also happens to have an estate in the Ganti area and other friends. I mean, they are the same supplier since many years of Sangiovese because we don't grow it ourselves. When, where is that coming from? Like, it's in Tuscany, but where? No, no, in the Chianti area. Oh, it's in Chianti. Yeah, yeah. And Lady Pese, basically, it's a wine that we advise to be drunk young. It's very fresh, easy going. You know, it doesn't need to age for much, whereas Guidalberto has a longer aging potential. So they are really like a, a little sequence of uh, entry level than Guidalberto, which has its own identity and uh, has um, a slightly longer aging potential and... Uh, but still, the price point is very interesting compared to Sassicaia, which is then... Well, yeah, absolutely. The bigger wine that you can put away for 30 years or longer. So we opened this bottle. It was too early, right? I should have waited. Right, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Okay, so tell us about this vintage, 2017. Okay, 2017 was one of the two I mentioned earlier. I said it was one of the two warmest of the last decade. 
mm-hmm. but uh, maybe not really comparable, not as warm as 2012, less dry and less warm, maybe more comparable to uh, 2005 or 2009 or 2007. And um, yeah, it was uh, still a quite a challenging vintage, which shows exactly in this instance, the potential of the territory where we are close to the sea and also the fact that our vineyards are strategically located in the high parts of Tenuta San Guido. So even in in a vintage like this one, where one would expect maybe more structured and overripe wines, I hope you will find it still um, quite elegant and with a certain freshness. What is the altitude? The altitude ranges from about uh, 80 meters to just below 400 meters above sea level. It's very vast, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, the whole estate covers about 2,500 hectares and uh, only around 100 hectares are vinified, covered with vineyards, and of which... Now, can you repeat that? How much? Roughly 100 hectares. So. Let's say 90 hectares of Bulgari Sassicaia dock and uh, some hectares are in the Bulgari dock because the Bulgari Sassicaia VOC is roughly 400 hectares. It doesn't cover the whole of Tenuta San Guido. So okay. that's separate, right? You have your separate. own VOC. Yes, the DOCs in Bulgari are two. There is Bulgari VOC and Bulgari Sassicaia VOC which were together to start with when they were instituted in 1994. Bulgari Sassicaia was a subzone of the Bulgari DOC. Then in 2013, they became completely separate and we have two different sets of rules, I don't know, disciplinare. So to go back to your original question, our vineyards are very much scattered around these 2,500 hectares in different spots. So there are different plots which then also react differently to the different vintages and different climatic trends. So basically you can select from a much larger surface of vineyards. About 60% of our Bulgari Sassicaia VOC vineyards are actually used for Sassicaia in the end, because then we select and we use part of those grapes also for Vidalbet. So, you know, it's not wine related, but you have like so much land What's going on in the rest of the lowland? You have like a bird sanctuary or something? Yes, yes. So let's say of these 2,500 hectares, about 1,300, so to say, is forest on the hills mainly. Within this forest, you find some vineyards as well, which are surrounded by the classic Mediterranean scrapland. And then on the lower part of the hills, we have traditional agriculture, olive yards, so we make olive oil. And then the training grounds for the horses. As you know, we have uh, English thoroughbred studs where we breed and also train for flat racing English thoroughbred horses, which is the other big activity of the family. And then lower down towards the coast, basically uh, attached to the sea, between the Aurelia Road and the sea are about 450 hectares nature preserve where nature is protected and um, where we have in the winter these migrating birds that are stopping there because uh, the whole whole park gets flooded with water and then you have, you know, you can come and look at the birds with binoculars and stuff. I'm waiting for my invitation to do the (laughs) bird watching. But Stevie, you have an open invitation. I don't need to invite. (laughs) Listen. This dude, Matteo Clausen, butchering his name, Panevino, he said, Aguri, 50th birthday, Sassicaia. 
listen, are, is there anything special? Is, are well, you planning anything special for the 50th birthday? We, we are we're actually not really doing anything special. You're right. Because we, we, this is the 50th birthday of Sasikaya on the market, but it's not the 50th birthday yes, of, of the course. one. But still. Do you have any anticipation for the next vintage, the 18? When is it going to come out in the market? The 18 should shortly come out in the market. Usually it corresponds with the Vinitaly moment. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> There's no Vinitaly. So I just... <laughs> we, yeah, but we can't wait until June. So the, the yeah, Sasikai will be released uh, in the next month. And 2018 is a nice, fresh, cool, classic Sasikai vintage. So... There's um, a dude from New York City, love from New York City, Stefan. Uh, I know, it's like, it's very early. Just yes. say hello to Stefan because he mm. got up. Okay, that's, yeah, you saw that? That was for you, yes, Stefan. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to let Christina ask you another question. Sure. Ciao Priscilla, io ho avuto il permesso di parlare in italiano ah, per, perché non tanto secchiona, eh, mm. però secchiona un po' sul, sul tuo vino. Allora, sì. la mia domanda è più riguarda più i cenni, qualche cenno storico, soprattutto sulla grande genialità che ha avuto ovviamente il Marchese Mario Inciso della Rocchetta. E volevo sapere nello specifico se, se è vero che quando ha ideato il progetto Sassichiaia, chiamiamolo così, ha deciso veramente di andare in contrasto anche con quello che era poi il metodo francese eh, di mh, fer- fare la fermentazione in dei tini di legno prima mm-hmm. di passare poi effettivamente a quello che era l'acciaio, quello sì. che è adesso l'acciaio. No, no, è vero, è vero. It is true that uh, in the first years, in the first uh, study, primi study, in the first experimentations, and also uh, a bit longer than that, our grandfather was using wooden vats for fermentation. And then with the arrival of Takis, the stainless steel vats were introduced and uh, at that time uh, they seemed basically like a big innovation, you know. Mm-hmm. Perfetto. Okay. So we have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. You never know with me. You know. I always have a surprise. For the students, the WSET students, let's say even diploma level, what are like the three must know about Sassicaia? Well, I think I already mentioned some of them in my previous answer. One of them There's somebody, Ludovico, vieni che pronto da mangiare. Yeah, if I tell you that this is my son, now I'm going to go home and he's going to see a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. You know, your mom's going to be finishing in like three minutes, okay? Just just relax. And then he will get How old is he? 14. Oh, mm. just, just relax. We'll yeah, he's teasing, me. he's teasing me because he sees that I'm concentrating on something. So hopefully I read it. Are you doing the cooking? No, no, no. Okay, not, Ludo, not today, you should make Ludovico today. cook. Exactly. That's what you should do. Okay. Today I, I'm not cooking and he probably didn't get anything for that. That's long. really <laughs> funny. Okay. So anyway, I would like to say that maybe one of the special things about the Ruta Sanguida in general is this vast area of land where only 4% is actually occupied by vineyards and where we really selected the best spots where to plant our vineyards, the best soils, the best exposure, so on and so forth. And also this biodiversity that you mentioned with the nature reserve, the traditional agriculture, the oliviers, the fact that the vineyards are surrounded by forests. It's a combination of a lot of things and it makes Tenuta San Guido a bit uh, a different winemaking 
estates compared to, to other estates um, that I know. Then I probably would say that uh, Sassicaia is the only one I know at least, but maybe one of the few examples of wines that were created out of passion and desire to experiment and only became, like, so to say, a commercial wine 20 years later. It was, uh, it was a wine for family and friends for so many years. So this is also a bit strange. Uh, when it was first uh, created, it was not intended to be sold on the market, but to be consumed within the family circle and eventually with some friends. And then also the, the DOC, Bolgeri Sassicaia, is also an important aspect because... Yeah, I think uh, that's very important, historically yeah, speaking. Historically speaking, it was created for the whole Bulgari area for red wine in 1994. And Sassicaia got its own uh, DOC appellation, which, of course, gives us some rules that we have to respect. And they are a little bit stricter than the Bulgari Superiore, for example, in terms of uh, yield. And in terms of grapes that we can use, but I mean, it's a great honor to have our own DOC. So this makes uh, uh, the wine very special. And, you know, uh, I just say on a personal note, I love the fact that, you know, the Bulgari is run by three women. So let's see. Ah. <laughs> exactly. Since uh, two years I, ago. I love that. It's great. Did you make any changes? Well, we are, we are, yes. Before uh, Albiera was president, Albiera Antinori, it was Federico Zileri, um, our other cousin. Your cousin. Yes, and before that... <laughs> yeah, and before that, my father for... Yes, your father. For 18 years. So yes, now, I know. <laughs> now it's really a big change. And together with Chin and Albiera... Uh, Valentina, Valentina. Jonas, yes, Valentina, yeah, of course. Super Valentina. But uh, yeah, yeah, we are, I mean, we are, Albiera uh, is very hands-on and... Uh, very I saw good. that you guys changed the logo. Well, they wanted to have a little fresher image and uh, we changed also the web page. And then we started this Instagram communication with the uh, pictures of the... Yeah, I saw that. They were doing a good job. So about... Now, you know, you know, I have a bone to yeah. pick about with you. Yeah. You know yeah, that, yeah. right? You know <laughs> that. Yes, you know what yes. it is. I'm not going to tell everybody. So I'm okay. just waiting. Okay. 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 Listen, um, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Stevie. You have to go eat. The other dude, Mateo's blah, 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 blah. He asked if the Enoteca was open. Uh, no, unfortunately not, because we are here. Yeah. Probably the most important question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Steve. All right. Great fun. All right, goodbye. Bye-bye. everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another installment of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Join her again next week for more interesting content in the Italian wine scene. You can also find us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. You can also check out our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, to watch these interviews and the footage captured of each location. Chin chin!